welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ron Swallow. I'm Ed Greer. And today, we're going to talk about greatest origins and backstories in pop culture. And obviously, I make the, the disclaimer at the beginning of every episode. We're probably not going to get to your fucking thing, your favorite fucking thing you like. We're just two guys talking or <laughs> you know we don't yep. know everything we haven't read everything we haven't seen everything this is our lives reflected and uh but also i think we uh, what we're trying to add to the conversation is noting some of the greatest backstories and why they impacted us i think that's mainly yeah. what we're supposed to be here for absolutely and i gotta tell you the most important backstory is my own backstory Okay, so if <laughs> if you'd like to find out about the origin of Ron Swallow, uh, you can buy my album June 17th it's called On the Wing of a Dragon. Look out for it. It's going to be on all the stuff, Spotify, Apple Plus. If you want to find out about the Ron Swallow origin story, which is actually a pretty entertaining origin story, mm-hmm. then uh, check it out. Okay, I, I feel like origin stories are it's it's such a an interesting dichotomy because they can be generic, but then even in generic situations, they're impactful. Let's, uh, let's just bring out a big one right away. Superman. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like that. It seems kind of generic, really, if you think about it. Well, I mean, I think it, it, when everybody bites off of you for 70 years, it could be pretty, pretty, it could seem pretty generic when in actuality, you're obviously a, an originator of sorts. I mean, there was always the, that guy's hyper strong because he was in a I think the first time that I don't know if we if we remember of a, as a culture, the first time somebody said the gravity of another planet will make you strong. That's number one. That was one of the first things they said about Superman. It wasn't they hadn't worked out all that solar bullshit. They yeah. used to say Krypton had greater gravity and that's why he could jump high and shit. And that's why his flesh was dense because he was so muscly and shit. And that was about it. And he's fast because he can move his weight really fast. That was about it. And then the motherfuckers start frost breath and shit and shoot night beams and flying in and all this extracurricular bullshit. So I think that really made them go a lot deeper on the solar this and the blah, blah, blah. But if yeah. you're talking about I'm a strange motherfucker from a strange land. And I come here with skills that is about the most generic origin in pulp history. Like everybody has it, you know, yeah. Tarzan, I'm an English baby in Africa. I, my exoticness in this situation will help me defeat to defeat the, the exoticness of this situation and in, in uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs uh, mind. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, and like Superman being from super high gravity planet goes to Kansas, goes to the city, beats up landlords. It's a perfect small origin story, and then it just gets gilded and gilded and gilded over 70 years into something way different that has all this science. Yeah, but it also adds some interesting, you know, the dying planet thing adds -hmm. adds an extra bonus to it because you're the last of a species of some type. I always think about, like, what if it was reversed and Earth was, I don't know, going to be destroyed by climate change finally? Or mm-hmm. and uh, and or going to be hit by a meteor and explode, and we're like, okay, we got to get a human out of this planet just so that human beings live on, and we jet some baby, and they, you know, in a cryo or whatever to stay mm-hmm. young and finally make it to another planet. And now on this planet, for whatever reason, it's lighter gravity, like Mars or something, and they get to jump high like John uh, uh, from Mars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
John Carter, actually, yeah. John Carter from Mars. That that's actually halfway interesting because you're you're saying a whole culture has disappeared and you're the last of that culture, but you don't even really know that culture and now have to become part of another culture and find beauty in that. So like that's kind of like when you think about it that way, that's pretty interesting. Well, when you distill it down to that, it's actually super cool. But what ends up happening for like the last 30, 40 years, and we've talked about this when when we had Bill on to talk about Superman, it's just a pet peeve of mine that I don't like how much Krypton we've gotten for 30, 40 years. Uh, You know what I'm saying? It seemed like, ah, I lost my home. And occasionally they do some story where a ghost after effects image of Jor-El would come and say something. It just seems like the Silver Age was kind of that or like an imaginary story where he went back to Krypton or something. You know what I'm saying? Don't hold me to that. But it seems like that's kind of the flavor. And then somewhere in the 80s, it was like, nah, man, he's got a fucking learning cube or something in there with him. You know what I'm saying? That's teaching him Krypton language and shit. And, And if you just... I'll put this away, but one day the kid's going to find this and just get all the knowledge of Krypton, including perfect AI representations of his parents and shit. That bullshit is fairly recent, but yet fairly recent for Superman could be 40 years ago, you know, and it just has keep it kept on since. And it's just how alien can you actually feel if you can go in the fucking barn and press a button and go to alien land and speak fucking uh, Kryptonian with your daddy and shit? It's just no. Yeah. I lost that, and now I'm a Kansas farm boy. Yeah, I think that's way more interesting. Um, well, here's an interesting thought then. What about like retconning uh, to make it better? So like the original Swamp Thing is like a dude who gets chemicals put on him and then like is like the Swamp Thing, like basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mixes with his plants, there's a little explosion, bam. But then you get Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, where he's killed with the chemicals, but it mixes with these plants that become a god, basically. Mm-hmm. And the god is confused because the feelings of this man is inside of the god, and it's mm-hmm. not sure if it wants to be a person or a god. And that is wild and interesting. Mm-hmm. Dude, do you know what that is almost as interesting as? What? Uh, the 57,000 times they make dudes into ninjas. They send them to like a ninja camp, like a ninja <laughs> island. And then they just come out more ninja than ever before. Wait a minute. That's the greatest. Uh, those are all the greatest <laughs> stories. Like, oh, man, I'm hiking on the Himalayas. Wait a minute. What are you doing? You're pushing me off the rope bridge, and now wolves are attacking something, you know, my wife. Oh, shit, this is terrible. Uh, young Danny Rand goes into Kunlun and learns Kung Fu. It's like, oh, my fucking God. Every second, it's about getting a white man close to Kung Fu and just letting them dominate. You know what I'm saying? It seems like it's just such a plan over and over again. Uh, we well, were talking about bad. As a, <laughs> as a white man who loves Kung Fu, uh, that is our dream. It is truly Dude. our dream to become the best at Kung Fu. It's like you're born. If if you were born anywhere around the 70s and you saw any Bruce Lee shit, that's it. That's what Dude. you want to be. Dude, or and and the people who were born in the um the eighties who fucking uh, got ninjified. The oh, yeah. ninja shit, like 
people don't remember like the the daredevil becoming a ninja in like 82 83 was way early because like 84 85 basically they're basically between 83 and 86 basically they just went ham on ninja movies and just so much and nine deaths of the ninja the whole shokashugi genre you know what i'm saying basically from like yeah, like like I said, early '80s all the way through till about '86. Uh, America's like, all right, we're gonna do Riggs and Murtaugh, not this ninja shit. We're not gonna do this anymore, <laughs> and they just <laughs> shut it off. I think Carol Cole ran out of business because like the Ninja Train just got shut off, like '87, '88. It was gone because <laughs> because if you think about it, the Ninja Train and the Urban Train, there should have been Urban Ninja movies uh, like 100%. fucking those goofy Steven Seagal's where he's with a two or three rappers and they're fighting the local gangs. There should have, those movies should have had ninjas, breakdancers, ninjas, DJs, uh, fucking, uh, graffiti. Yep. These are the four yep. elements of hip hop. And then of course, yep. MCing is the fifth element of hip hop, but behind ninjing <laughs> and DJ. <laughs> God. Oh, that would be classic, classic. Oh, but I was going to say this real quick. The, the, origin we talked earlier off air about some of these origins we're going to talk about we're going to come up against ones that suck ass they're like bad they're they're not not just like generic or the template that everybody built something on to make it seem generic like superman's uh origin but just like really just sort of hand wavy and just fuck it and chief amongst those is barbara gordon i cannot tell you how much how many times i've attacked her how whack her training would have had to been and how many times people point to the plot armor of them being like no they retconned it where she just was like six years old just take a tactical kung fu training and stuff and then blah blah and there's even a series a recent series i think even within the new 52 if i'm not mistaken where she goes to several eastern countries stop me if you heard this one before she goes to several eastern countries in an attempt to train up her kung fu and it's just like you know what Fuck this, man. <laughs> really pissing me off. It's a really bad origin for her. I would respect it more if she was sort of a rough and tumble fighter who was a really great detective because she studied from her dad who was a great detective. I would yep. take that. Like a it sloppy bad girl that can't quite do all that bullshit, but she gets the job done because she'll hit you with a car. She'll kill your fucking ass. She might shoot you. You know what I'm saying? Like she's a wild motherfucker. Yeah. And thrown into the mix. I would love that. I would revere that. But they put her right alongside Robins who have been trained forever, crazy kung fu artists, undead assassins. It's just like, no, come on, dude. You just can't pluck her out of high school and be in this world, dude. I mean, she's got a great costume and red hair. So, you know. But, <laughs> but what do you think they would have had to do, like, really to like, it's 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 so, to me, not I'm not trying to be those dudes, you know what you I'm saying, to be on good, the internet. You want to have a good Barbara Gordon story? First off, you know who has to die? Gordon himself. Her dad has to die for her to want to become Batman, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you want to do it, that's because that's the same origin story. Mm-hmm. Or, or you introduce a new character that she cares about that gets killed in a crime You know what scenario. I thought? You know what I really thought? I, I know a, a, I can't use this a idea. A sister, a brother, any of that. Right. No, no. Check it out. The fucking thing I thought of was, okay, Barbara Gordon's always been like, she's just with James Gordon and and whoever James Gordon's wife was at the time. It's been mixed up so much. Like He had his first son, James, before 
Barbara and shit like that in certain continuities. I guess Batman Year One, he's he's expecting a boy. Yeah. And so all this all this shit I'm saying is Batgirl should be this weird hellion from his first marriage. All of a sudden, his his wife that was taking care of the kid dies or something, and then he gets a fucking fully formed 16, 17-year-old girl on his Gotham City steps as she grew up in Bloodhaven or New Jersey or whatever the fuck. And she's just been a just John Connor handful since she was a little kid, just doing all kind of crazy shit. And he doesn't know how crazy she is and maybe how obsessed she is with the Batman or maybe once she gets to being in the house and running around with criminals, she sees the Batman one time. Maybe she gets busted with some dudes like she's, you know, losing it up with some dudes and they get busted by the Batman. And she's just like, Jesus Christ, that shit was dope. I was so scared. (laughs) But I would love to do that to people. Yeah. So she starts doing like a shitty Catwoman-y version of it. Just like hitting people with motorcycles, hitting them with truncheons as she rides by. So you know what I'm saying? Fucking fucking up dudes she thinks are pimps, but they turn out to just be sort of wife beaters. So I have a dozen of one and six, the other one. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Just, just catch as catch can fighting crimes in a shitty costume that sucks with fucked up resources. And this is what she's doing to rebel Rather than just being a floozy and doing drugs and being regular, she's doing that. And Gordon thinks she's out getting fucked up all the time because she's coming home with bruises. Like, you got boyfriends beating on you and shit. You're out doing drugs. You're, you're tired all the time. and You got all these marks on you. And she's like trying to stop crime and shit. I think that's so much more interesting than whatever the fuck they be doing with this librarian. And I touch the computers. And, I, and then I, her, if you want to make you know, her a badass eventually, she starts getting annoying enough that Batman's like, fine i'll teach Mm -hmm. you some shit Mm -hmm. and that's where her kung fu skills eventually come from is being trained by batman right and all and nobody wants him wants her trained they think she's annoying she's you know talking shit to dick all the time it's that that would be fun i I I love that idea get to writing that i can't use that at all because they'll never make that the continuity literally never literally never which is why uh, everybody knows how much I love Cassandra Kane, but just look at Batgirl's origin, all the bullshit that they try to put on it, and look at Cassandra Kane as Batgirl's origin. Raised by an assassin, doesn't even teach her actual language, just beats her ass, makes her fight for every scrap of food she ever gets, makes the only language that she knows is human body language. And he does that by punching her repeatedly and shooting her when she's a little kid so that she has giant saucer-sized exit wounds in her back because they were really big when she was like, six when she got shot the first time all this crazy training and she's barely keeping up with the bat family so barbara gordon's like lady self-defense class bullshit that they be trying to do is all the more offensive and ridiculous you know what i'm saying when you compare it to like cassandra kane how much kind of overkill they did with her origin and how she's got like a basic the reason why she could fuck with all these bat family dudes and be on their level is Lady Shiva's her fucking mother, number one, the best martial artist of all time, and she has that innate ability to read body language. So 50 dudes is just, oh, he's going to punch right, he's going to punch left, he's going to try to grab the gun. And she just sees it like Midnighter, just all this that guy's got an injured leg. It's like, right. I'm gonna, I'll take him out first, I'll run over here. Yeah, all that stuff. It's cool. And it is dope, by the way. It's very fucking dope. Um. Well, okay, let's get into some some big origins, some some of the bigger characters. Um let's do let's go ahead and say Spider-Man. Um I think uh we can all agree Spider-Man's a great origin story. Um 
and an interesting arc because, you know, decides to not use his powers for anything but like being a, a goofball, uh, making a little extra cash, doesn't stop mm-hmm. a dude who he could have easily stopped. And, you know, that guy was a dick, like not just the robber, but, you know, the uh, wrestling uh, promoter guy was also a dick. Um, and then, you know, gets his uncle bitten killed. We all know the origin story. Obviously, he was bit by a spider randomly, depending on the origin story specifically. But we're going with the traditional. Um, how do you feel about the other ones? The ones where it's like he's at the lab with Norman Osborn, you know, those those other ones. How do you feel about those? I mean, I was kind of mad you brought up Spider-Man this early because it, there is no better comic book origin uh, we're not even going to talk this. That's this is the level of this comic book conversation. We are not going to talk about Batman's origin. It's been driving into the fucking ground, and it literally so much pales in comparison to Spider Man's origin. It's fucking laughable. It's Superman yeah. in an arm wrestling contest. It's ridiculous how much better Spider Man's origin is than everybody's origin. Everybody's in mainstream comics and the big two. Spider-Man has by far the best origin, and you can see how the origin shaped him to be exactly that thing. Spider-Man hasn't really changed appreciably in his attitude or his methods in fucking 60 years, 50 years. Yeah, He's been the same. They haven't done almost anything new with him. He stayed the same because this guy is not going to all of a sudden have razor fists and magic powers and going to another dimension or something like that. You know, temporarily he had the Captain Universe powers but and shit like that. But for the most part, he's and sometimes they'll have, give him eight arms for two seconds. But for the most part, he stayed the exact same kid because that moment locked him in time. I cannot A, ever shirk responsibilities. B, never respond to the call of duty when, you know, when I see see something, I got to say something, I got to do something. And uh, C, I'll never be able to live down letting somebody die because I didn't do something. So that's why I'm in constant motion. That's why I miss all my appointments. That's why I never have a chance to sit down and make a fucking app and make a million dollars like all the people who are dumber than me because I'm always ripping and running, trying to make sure that nobody... Uh, gets hurt on my watch. And I think that my watch extends to everything. You know what I'm saying? So and that's why he's all run down. And it's, and it's so much more poignant on a very simple thing. We'll, I mean, we're not going to talk about Batman as the origin, but we'll talk about how his origin is just tragedy that that kid could not have ever prevented. And in this scenario, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's preventable. Mm-hmm. It's a decision he has made has mm-hmm. harmed a person he loved. And that is the huge difference in it. And that's, I mean, it's when you make a choice that makes, creates harm, you know, you know, you know that you, you felt that. And then making a decision to not let that happen again to in anybody, as far as you can, as the best you can, that I mean, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. So yeah, um, I guess it was probably a little too early, but you're right. It is the hands down, the best origin story. Some of these origins from the past where they were kind of like, yeah, if you could just get bit by mongoose blood, you'll be super fast. If you could go learn at the feet of some some inevitably Asian master, you learn two tricks like the shadow. Dude, the shadow literally learned low level hypnosis, pretty good marksmanship with two guns, and sort of uh, the theatricality that I think seeped into Batman. 
as far as like uh, Batman, as far as probably things like the Nolan, you know, version of it and stuff like that, where it's like he's specifically taught to cloud your mind with like his weird eerie laugh and the the guns from the shadow uh pun intended and all of this uh asian mysticism of basically convincing you even though he, he even though he's right next to you he convinces you he's not there through some form of hypnosis that can work on groups and shit and that makes him very effective in just shooting up 30s thugs that are just like hey boss what do you want or whatever and he's just this master from the east i i get all that but it's like think it, it takes two skills to do that, to be like a beast in that world. It takes like two out of the ordinary skills, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's kind of, it's, it's just funny to me how we've, we've changed people's origins to make them so much more powerful or have so much more influence based upon this superheroic ideal. When it starts in the pulps where like, uh, I think doc Savage was raised in like a hyperbaric chamber or some bullshit like that. And his parents were like, uh, scientists who wanted it to be super some crap like that they go from shit like that to krypton to and it goes higher and higher until you get like cosmic beings who come from other you know alien landscapes or other dimensions and it's just like back in the days hey i knew how to box and i had a wildcat mask and then I just started fucking guys up in alleys. You know? And they like, commit a crime, I punch them in the face. <laughs> but yeah, all, all of that shit, it just feels like as we look into Origins, there is this weird generic quality to some of them. Like, okay, everybody got all their whole family killed. This is my opportunity to talk about the Punisher, but it's my opportunity to talk about everybody. Because every yeah. fucking body that don't wear a cape, whole family got killed. And some of the people who wear capes, whole family got killed. But like a lot of the act, the guy, uh, Mac Bolin, I think, from the Destroyer novels. Uh, no, that, 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 uh, hold on. Yeah, Mac Bolin, his origin story is that. The Punisher's origin story is that. John Wick, what is it about these guys who, um, what is it about us trying to put the nuance? on people like losing their families. What is that? Yeah, Conan lost his whole family. You know what I mean? I what is it? Secret, I think it's secretly that men who are have a family don't want to have a family anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so they just go to their typewriters. Yeah. <laughs> feel bad because that's a shitty thing to think about, right? And then they go, well, well, what if they died? And then I felt bad. Because I'm supposed to feel bad. Uh, <laughs> but then I just, you know, you can't just, okay, I kill everybody after that because I'm so badass. Okay, cool. And then, right, right. Yeah. yeah, I process my grief through intense Krav Maga fucking dudes up for living for two hours. Yeah. 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 Get real, I'm already good at guns because, of course, I'm already good at guns because I was in the Marines. Yeah. I was in the Marines. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, and I I just think it's funny how many times, um. But see, that's again, I gotta say, people don't. We talked about retconned. I'm not gonna belabor it, but the Punisher's retconned origin is killing all of these, including stupid John Wick and the fucking puppy. I can't. I'm not gonna talk bad about puppies. I don't want to get letters because, uh, boy. But I will say this: the re the redone kind of bullshitty mystic. Um, Punisher origin that basically he was it. He was he was first of all he was killing people over there already. 
He was killing people already. People who were like trying to do rapes and shit. People who were trying to do bad war crimes. He was killing dudes in his own unit already. So he was already a bad person, but he was doing bad to bad people in a bad situation. And he was covering up his murders with the fact that we're in a war zone. So it was easy to cover up the murders. Like he drowned a rapist and they were just like, oh man, the Viet Cong got his ass. My bad. Oh shit. You know, I guess we won't be walking point tonight. You know, he was just yeah. taking fools out. He took, he took out his, uh, a commanding officer who was like sending them capriciously into gunfire. Like, look, I don't care how you guys take this hill. I don't even care if you do take the hill, but you're going to march up there into those bullets because we got to have this hill for my numbers on my spreadsheet or whatever. And sacrifice the dude's lives. So he got yeah. that guy sniped. You know what I'm saying? All type of shit like that. And then when it really came down to it, they were in this war zone and all the, the Viet Cong just came pouring through in this big giant assault that the, that the higher ups never believed was going to happen. And like, a, it was him versus like a hundred dudes, basically Rambo style. And maybe he had up maybe four or five dudes with him. They all die. He's after the fucking whole battle is done. He's standing there with like a broken M16 that he's beaten 17 people to death with at the end. And he's got stab wounds all over and he's like bleeding out. He's going to die. But in the middle of the battle, he said, please, whatever this is, whatever this darkness is, whatever I'm reaching out to save me. I'll do anything to get back to my family. I'll do anything. Please let me get back to my family. And it goes, all right. And it gives him the power to get out of that impossible soldier situation. And then he gets home to his fucking family and all is well. But he never understood the bargain that he made. Because, of course, that thing, somehow, magically, he ends up in one of the last the last public gangland assassins ever. And they miss the guy and hit his fucking family and hit him and give him this origin story and all this shit. And now the thing he bargained with, like, please let me get to my family, is literally gone. The only thing that kept them from killing people every fucking day yep. is gone. And now he has targets to go after. And after he kills them, he realizes that didn't slake his thirst. And it just goes on and on and on. My friend, that is way better than all this other fucking bullshit. But people go, oh, no, he's, he's just like all the rest of those family dead people. And it's just like it, it's it's just everybody's diminished capacity to actually understand fucking narrative and understand the, the the gilding of the lily you can do when you've had so many iterations of the story you can make it better you can 100%. make it better over time you know what i'm saying you're, you're not stuck with barbara gordon being an asshole you could do another pitch or you can do something with her eidetic memory in in the comic book canon she has eidetic memory which is not photographic memory photographic memory which has never been proved to exist is the ability to supposedly see whole blocks of text and whole pages of books and be able to like read a book in your mind that you whatever. But eidetic memory is supposedly the ability to redraw or retrace an object that you saw and under and see it perfectly in space. So imagine how that could apply to like martial arts or whatever. Or like her yeah. being able to take pictures of where people are in space. She could be damn near as good as Cassandra Kane Batgirl at fighting taking snapshots everybody knows that in basketball or something like you look back take a snapshot of how far people are away from you and then you know if you have enough time to do your layup but what if you take a snapshot and that person's super fucking fast and they beat you that's how people get their shit blocked from behind they, they take the snapshot and don't do the right calculations what if she learned that she's been doing that her whole life and she's a badass nerd to will and she's a rebel like all that shit i said it's right there in the canon for them to do better and, with her and, and make her better that, that makes her a, a good 
detective because she can look mm. in a room yes. and be like, I see something missing here mm -hmm. because I can see a space needs to yep. be filled there. Mm -hmm. And what is that thing that's missing? And close her eyes. This is the thing that's missing. Mm -hmm. We need to find this, Bats. And then we, mm -hmm. Bats goes to the computer, finds the thing. We get to the, you know, and mm -hmm. like that's that's her use. That is interesting. That's a great idea. Like Dude, that. it's already in there. And it's like they they like mention it in passing. It's like, I don't get it. But anyway, so what's it, what's an origin that really got to you that isn't maybe even in the comic book canon? Like somebody's origin, you're just like, oh, man. And it could be like even a snippet from a book. We were talking earlier. Well, there are great sub characters in books that have really cute little backstories. Well, actually, this is a big one. This is a big character. It's a uh, it's one of the uh, it's uh, Shay from the Sword of Shannara. He's the main character, mm -hmm. but and now it doesn't sound like an origin because basically he just happens to be related to, he's a half elf, half human. And he happens to be a half elf, half human. Who's also related to the King of Shannara, who was first given the, uh, the, the sword of truth. Um, and the sword of truth basically reveals the truth about yourself when you touch it. And it's mm -hmm. the one weapon that can harm the war warlock lord who is basically going to take over Shannara and do bad shit to it because he's been consumed by evil magic. Mm -hmm. That's the simple version. But here's the thing. It doesn't sound like an origin story because uh, the the main guy, Alanon, shows up to rescue him. He's got to go on this journey to find the sword and get it and defeat the warlock lord and all that stuff. And that's sort of an origin story. But the real origin story is that the reason the sword of truth only works if a, if if a if a, a, a Shannara descendant touches it is because of the legend of the sword so the sword's magic is so malleable that people decided that this was the truth that the sword could only be used by a Shannara descendant but because people decided that, now Shay is thrown into this adventure that he doesn't fucking want to be on. Mm -hmm. And and what I think is interesting about that is how people's belief created a reality for a character that then they have to rise to the occasion to become uh, the hero. Mm -hmm. To me, that's super interesting because like – his real origin is the fact that a bunch of assholes decided that a thing must be true. And now that thing is true and you have to handle that thing. You are thrust into something that is beyond your capabilities by a mile with, you know, you're literally, he's an innkeeper who does like fish every once in a while. And, you know, there it's a world where everybody knows a little bit about tracking and a little bit about hunting, but that doesn't mean mm -hmm. you're a true badass. It's like you you just everybody has to know a little bit to not die. Right. So, but he has to participate in the adventure because only a person of his bloodline can do X, Y, Z with the shit. Yep. And it's like and it's different than you're chosen. It's more like you're unlucky. Yeah, and, you're drafted. Yeah. And, and you become something that you have to that you that you aren't qualified to become. And learn how to do that. And you it, during the whole trip, he has to, his other origin story is really 
becoming true, uh, be being able to see the truth to you about yourself and accept it because the sword of Shannara only works if you do that. Hmm. And he, he was uniquely, you know, able to eventually through all the adventures was able to do that, to accept who he was. So and that's why the fucking adaptation failed because yes. a, a sword that would make you see yourself as you really are would obviously never work in Hollywood. So that's why <laughs> I get it, dude. Now yes. I finally get it, Ron. You broke it down. Yeah, it's also a concept. You know, that's another problem with books like that is a, a big portion of them are concepts and showing a concept on screen like that is kind of hard without yeah. without yeah. making it overly ridiculous. You know, having like yourself show up who's your true self and another version of yourself or the selves that you think you are show up and have an argument or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you yeah, know, like it, it gets real oh, yeah. Sherlock show real quick. Like even like, but Sherlock show is pretty effective for the most part, but like, Oh man, here comes the mind palace and the fucking all this extracurricular bullshit and all these fucking 15 iterations of me doing different time lapse shit in the room is like, oh, for fucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I get, I could see why people would be like, damn, I would rather kind of, I don't know, skirt around that or make it like a, you know how I always like to, if anybody ever gave me a fantasy book to dull, I mean, uh, Freudian slip, if, if anybody ever gave me a fantasy book to fucking, um, adapt my first task would be to dull the magic and make it seem like more of a myth or make it seem like sort of a hey you believed it the whole time so it worked or whatever but it wasn't necessarily magic i wouldn't try to be debunk anything but the you know kind of like conan conan has real magic in it but they nerf it to where you could think it's just a trick of the light but you know and i know that something magical just happened that saved the hero, but it doesn't have to be a Pegasus flat out of a dragon's asshole shooting eye beams or whatever the fuck. It's it can yeah. be subtle. That's what I'm you'd, subtle. You kind of like you'd kind of like the way Terry Brooks does some of his magic because if it's powerful, it always backfires on you. It always causes harm to you. It always yeah. changes you in some way instead of instead of you being able to control something that powerful. Uh, yeah. if it's a, if it's a smaller magic, you know, it, it might be workable, but you know, and the people who do do big magics and are tough they they can die one and two, uh, there's always a sacrifice to it. Like you, you let go mm. of some part of yourself. You're, you're alone all the time because that it requires that, or, you know, it's always that that's, I think that's a very important thing when it comes to a magic type character there needs to be a sacrifice there needs to be something that is given away that makes it uh make more sense for that character to have that type of power i think constantine's a, a pretty decent example of that like by by his a lot of the power he got was was made from a a really bad deal that he did that got somebody killed yeah and he can't stop, you know, himself from like having cancer and shit. Like, okay, I'm a great magic magician or whatever, but I'm like dying too or whatever. Isn't that part of his shit? It is on some on some on, on most yeah. versions, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh he's got a spawn meter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, spawn. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's a well, pretty fucked up origin. Yep. 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 
Well, it just shows you the 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 thing that that I think Todd really got right was the whole hell part, you know, because as we talked about in our our um, spawn episode of reboot it on YouTube, reboot it, check it out on YouTube. Uh, basically, we re- we rebooted uh, Spawn, and one of the things we tried to work out was like he died, and there's some there's something hellish about your best friend dating you know your wife after you're dead, but at the same time there's something like oh if it was gonna be anybody it should be my best friend, but then he's like no oh, fuck why would my best friend do this to me and all this kind of shit, and then he tries to come back he has all these hell powers. And he had the power to use his magic to make himself look like anybody. But in, as a black dude, he tries to make himself look like himself and go talk to his wife. And he looks like a white dude. And he can't even get he, his powers won't let him connect that way. It was just like, that would be hell, dude. You know what I'm saying? Just roll it up to your wife in this whole like, that's what was so dope about Ghost. Honestly, we talk about origin stories. I think Ghost is one of the best origin stories, superhero origin stories ever. This dude gets killed, doesn't accept it, stalks his wife, basically, thinking that he can still communicate with her, starts to accept the fact that he's dead, starts to see other ghosts and learn their powers, uses the powers he learns from the ghosts that he meets to beat up people in real life and save his wife, and the only time he gets to touch his wife is jumping in Whoopi Goldberg's body and shit. It's like, damn, dude, that shit's hardcore, dude. That is that's a great movie. That is a great movie. One of the great, great screenplays of all time, really. So earlier you said you didn't really like John Wick's origin. I I think it's it's more it's almost like um, I think the twist that Colstad put on the genre is the same that he did with like uh like uh nobody, right? It's just sort of like I know all this hot shit. I choose to care a lot about this person, this thing, this dog, this whatever. I understand the dog is represents, you know, something to it's the last thing his wife gave him. And somebody taking that away from you obviously is fucked up because it's not the dog, it is his wife. But, you know, Frank Castle lost his wife and his kids. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see the little ninos running around the John Wick farm. You know what I'm saying? It's a chick and a dog. What about two chip tooth? Little boys and girls. What about three? What about a whole Brady bunch of family? Remember in the Punisher movie, they had the motherfuckers kill his whole family reunion. His whole family reunion was on the beach, and they all got shot up. They got I mean, murked, dude. I'm just saying, if we're talking about shit that motivates people to do stuff, it's the fact that an assassin had his people taken away from him. But like again, how many movies have we seen that have that? I just think 8711. And Chad Stahelski, and to a lesser extent, you know, a uh, homeboy that does the uh, uh, Deadpool 2 and shit like that, uh, that train movie. Uh, those guys made that sing. And Kolstad making, like, the not obvious allegory of the dog. The dog is basically his wife. You know what I'm saying? Not, not in some pejorative way, but you know what I'm saying? The dog is his wife, and it's dead and- now. Yeah. And it's his chance at redemption. Like it's, you know, it was, it, it was almost like hey, this dog means you, you don't have to go back. You can still yeah. be, cause I assume that she knows everything he did. That's, that's my assumption. This is, yeah. that isn't a secret to her. 
mm-hmm. and she knows everything he did and and doesn't want him to go do that because she knows who he truly is, et cetera, et cetera. And that mm-hmm. dog was the thing stopping him from doing that mm-hmm. uh, and giving him a chance at, you know, freedom. And Oh, an overlooked part of the origin is also this. Theoretically, somebody breaks into your house, kills your dog and all this kind of shit. If you were just some law-abiding pussy, because everybody that abides by the law in these movies is an absolute pussy, you're some law and, law, law and order pussy, you just call the cops. And you say, I know this guy. His son is this. That's where they hang out. That's where they do their business. But guess what? In that world, the cops cannot do shit at all to that dude. It just so happens I'm like the greatest assassin of all time. So, And I know all their ins and outs. So I could do something to them. So it's like that gives him the out to go nuts is that like the only way I'll ever get this satisfaction of seeing these people hurt. I cannot go to the cops. I cannot send a fucking tape to the FBI or some bullshit. I have to do it. I'm the only one that's equipped to do it. It's it really does graduate it beyond all the rest of the like, oh, I'm just tough and some grievance was against me and I'm gonna kill 50 guys. It does kind of raise at that level the fact that they live in a secret society where there is no justice for these people. The high table and all that. And I love how My they kept spinning that. Yeah, they kept spinning that tail bigger and bigger. Like, there's bigger and bigger people you can't fuck with. You thought you were badass fuck with those people over there that you can't fuck with? What about the people over here you can't fuck with? You really can't fuck with them. And he fucked with them. They like, okay, you fuck with them, but you can't fuck with these people. And he's like, yes, I will fuck with them as well. And he's just been fucking with higher and higher level people for four movies, you know? Yeah. I really actually enjoy John Wick's origin story. So just personal opinion. I love it and I'm I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, well, I got on a limb there, bud. Yeah. Um, like I said, I just think I just had to talk myself into the all the fresh parts of it. Because on its face, it does seem really fucking dumb. Oh, you killed my dog, I'll kill your whole family. I know everybody likes to lick these jackals in the fucking mouth. I wish I had a dog right now. I wish I could have it to love it and pet it. But Jesus fucking Christ, get a grip. 87 people's fucking lives should not hinge on a goddamn beast of the field. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it's just like, people need to relax on that shit, but I get it as all the metaphor, the field. (laughs) I just just, just like, what the fuck? People are crazy. The field, Ed, man, that is just, I've never thought of a dog <laughs> as a beast of the field until now. And now, I mean, you're not wrong. He's yeah. out in the field protecting the sheep or, yep. you yep. know, giving you That's a warning for your horses or whatever. <laughs> Somebody's trying to steal your horse. I don't know. Yeah, he's a beast of the field. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, speaking of beast of the field, I am saddened it at the i like solo i am saddened at the origin of chewy that we get because i would have loved to see sort of a for lack of a better word just because we're putting furry things together like a rocket raccoon sort of uh not not a raccoon from uh everywhere (laughs) everything all at once not 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 a raccoon but a rocket raccoon sort of origin for homeboy like he's so smart but people treat him like he's a dumb big carpet slave 
because they don't speak Wookiee, they don't speak Wookiee, and the people who do speak Wookiee, like the Trandoshans and shit, they're lizard assholes, man. They're never going to tell people that these Wookiees are super cool. They walk around with Wookiee pelts on, like, oh, they're just beasts. Like, we fucking kill them and wear their clothes. But like, no, 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 you have my cousin's skin on you, you piece of shit. While you talk to that Imperial and do your mission, you have my cousin's skin on you dehumanizing me you know what i'm saying there's like yeah. something dope about that you get nada he's just a beast in a cage he slams Han Solo around. There. it's just like what the fuck have him have have competed some i mean i really think solo was fucked up from the get-go when it wasn't a two-hander of solo and chewbacca and right off the bat yeah. Right off the bat, just a two-hander from the very beginning, you find out these dudes are on a mission together, and then maybe you get even a flashback to how they really, really met or whatever, but you meet them as Chewie and Han Solo as young pups doing stuff, and maybe Chewie's only like 6'8 or something. (laughs) He's not 7'5", you know? Or whatever, yeah, yeah. That would be dope. I would like. I would love that. And I mean, even if there was an origin, like he was, the reason he was on that planet was he was tracking his cousins. Yeah, I mean, just just the bottom just line something. is, yeah, something like showing even being brave enough to start the solo movie with uh, Chewie running from some slavers or something or like shooting up some dudes in a Revolutionary War Act, but his yeah. people lose and get slaved up. And then he and slaved up with a guy and it's Han Solo. And it's like, yep. how'd you get here? And he's like, oh, man, you'll never believe. And then we get to see Han Solo on Coruscant or whatever. Boom. And it's like and it would be like a perfect reversal of like you don't just start with you know uh homeboy's face or whatever it's like chewy's story is integral to han solo's as we know him if chewy didn't meet han solo at this particular time which the movie does accomplish i guess but if han solo didn't meet chewy at this time han solo might be dead might be an imperial might be this might be that yeah that would be much better well i got you know why don't they just start hiring us for things ed I don't know, man. Maybe they can get it for free on a fucking podcast and then throw it in chat GPT and get some non-solo. <laughs> wouldn't that be cool? Third act, you have the hero go through the hardest crucible and then succeed somehow. <laughs> yep. And then the executive prints that shit out on a dot matrix printer. This is gold, Jerry. Gold. Yeah. That makes... <laughs> And makes you fix it for $12. Yep. It's like, ah, oh, we got this hot-ass chat GPT, man. It came up with this new origin, right? A dude's hamster gets stomped on by these dudes from the mafia. But it's the Vietnamese mafia. A new mafia, new creature, new series. It's like, ugh. I think, I think that's what was about, like, the generic um, pulp origins. I wanted to talk about one that I really liked is... um. Will Money from Unforgiven. I love that movie. I love to talk about it. But if you think about it, his origin in that movie, you come into that movie and he's a pig farmer who is shitty and can't shoot and is dumb. And then somebody comes to him and says, yo, man, uh, first of all, his wife is like dead and he's, he's raising two kids and you see that he's in trouble And you see he doesn't make enough money farming because he's not good enough at farming to make enough money to save his kids. And he doesn't have a wife to help him. And then this opportunity to go bounty hunting comes along. And he's like the guy for the job. You're like, how? And you see him trying to get his skills back, blah, blah, blah. And over the course of the movie, he becomes who he used to be. And his origin was simply, I was a mean bastard. I shot the shit out of people. I didn't give a fuck. I was just fucked up and on drugs and drunk and fucking people up. 
for a long time. Then I stopped and I met a great lady. Then she died. And I, and I said, I'll never do that stuff again, but now I got to shoot people. Cause I got to get money to raise my fucking kids. I got to go back on what I told her. Sorry. I got to do it. Like the pathos of that is so beautiful, you know, but at the same time, it's like, who the fuck says you deserve a family anyway, shithead? All you did was shoot the teeth out of people's fucking, you know what I'm saying? He shot the teeth out of people's back of their heads for snoring too loud. He beat the shit out of people. He probably beat the shit out of chicks. He probably shot the shit out of natives for moving trains and shit. He did all kind of crazy shit for 30 years, and then he meets some fucking church chick with plump tits and a gingham sweater, and all of a sudden he good. gets to have a Tell family. Me more about that. <laughs> I'm just saying all of a sudden he gets gifted with a fucking family and gets fucking little toe headed kids to take care of and shit. It's kind of the thing about like uh Wolverine. Like I love Wolverine as much as anybody, but if he committed as many fucking murders as it seems like he did for different military and black ops and stuff, who the fuck says you get to have, I'm not saying there aren't heroes and soldiers who are doing stuff that I don't want to know about to save our freedoms and all that shit. I'm just saying, a number of things, a number of things that Wolverine has done in his life, and a lot of these heroes have done in their life are just straight murder. And then there's just switch that gets flipped in the movie that goes, "Oh, I used to murder, but now I love to play pickup sticks with Mike Henson, and now all is forgiven." <laughs> we started this talk about unforgiven. All is forgiven with these guys, and then we give a fuck about their families and their pets and their blah 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 because we make That's the people they're fighting. And then that's the thing in these movies, we make the people they're fighting be so bad. And that was what was so great about Unforgiven. The people they were fighting did a very bad thing. But a lot of the people they shot on the way to getting those guys were just dudes that were that were at the wrong place at the wrong time. And now they're getting shot in their neck from like 100 meters away from you on a ridge because they their boys went off and did some stuff that they didn't know about. And now they just got to take up for their boys. And so now all of a sudden you're getting shot on the toilet. You know what I mean? It's like a lot, dude. And I got to be honest with you. I always think about like uh, with John Wick and, 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 and stuff like that. If you're, do you, are you, do you know when you're a thug, if you're like an average thug, do you know what I mean? Do right. You know, like, okay. I'm a pretty good fighter and, and I can get some stuff done. But if John Wick shows up, and I know about John Wick. Like, everybody seems to know who this guy is, right? Mm -hmm. I'd take the day off. Yeah. That's my I, day I, off. Yeah. That's my day I, off. I love that scene where John Wick basically gives a guy a fucking chance to bounce. He's just like, hey, man, uh, I think you should skedaddle. And this giant dude looks down at John Wick and like, thank you so much, John. And fucking skedaddles like a motherfucker. that John yeah, goes in and starts scene. shooting all those people. It's like, yeah, that shit is serious business. But yeah, as as far as like just these these guys. Oh, also, gotta give props to RoboCop's origin story. I think Ooh. that's I think that's top tier shit right there, bro. A hundred percent, hundred percent top tier origin story. Which you know what's interesting because that is that is a top tier origin story. Yeah, that's just great. Um, uh, give him a rundown just for the people who might not know. Well, I mean, he first he starts out as a cop. And then he's uh, sort of a, a little bit saucy with it. He spins his gun like Hopalong Cassidy or like a laser guy on the on TV and shit. J, what well, that's not JT Lancer. That's from the like Big Chill, but like some kind of shoot 'em up guy is on TV shooting lasers, and his kid likes it. And he spins his gun around, and the kid likes him. He, you know, it's a thing to connect with his kid. A little cool thing. And then he gets shot up by a bunch of criminals, 
And then he gets his body confiscated and it gets loaded up with all this cybernetic shit. They saw his arms off, his legs off and shit, put him in this cyber shell and send him out with these basic protocols and the sort of zombie body. And he just fights crime according to these corporate protocols uh, for the people who own the cops. The cops are run by a private corporation. But slowly, RoboCop starts spitting the gun around and RoboCop starts having memories of having a wife and kids and shit and realizes that he's like had his life ended and then stolen right and then he you know obviously event adventure ensues as he tries to get back to being murphy the cop and less being a robo zombie for yeah. corporate greed you know what i'm saying and uh but yeah the the thing about his his origin is that you still get the i lost my wife and kids because your wife and kids ain't gonna come hug up on this cadaver body with no dick and no legs sorry yeah. They're not going to take you back. They've moved on like they were supposed to. Like, yeah. so he lost his family, but not in the way a lot of these movies have it. Yeah, because really he loses his family while still existing. It's like they wouldn't break. Like, it's like, yeah, that's it's brutal. It's brutal, but it's also beautiful at the same time. So it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because now when you think about origin stories for like, characters that we love and 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 heroes and all of that stuff some of these aren't great i'm thinking about terminator i don't mm-hmm. think i don't know if john connor's story is that good well what do I you think, think it got better over time in regards to like i guess i think it's the perfect sort of backstory for a guy. I think that's why I opened it up to like origin stories and backstories. If you think mm. that there's a guy in the future who's like the best fighter ever and how can we get his like like a case in point, another great backstory is fucking Indiana Joneses. In that mm. third movie, they break down for your ass all the reasons why he is how he is, all the reasons why he's estranged from his dad, all the reasons why he thinks things need to be long in a museum. He fucking hates snakes from this adventure. Like he's got a scar on his chin. He learned how to love whips and shit. Every fucking thing that makes him him, he got in one like seven minute adventure at the beginning of the movie. It's so masterful. It yeah. could be seen as spoon feeding you a bunch of information, or it could see be seen as super masterful, fresh shit. I choose to see it the second way. And it does kind of show you like his origin story. And it makes all the rest of the movies make so much more sense that he, that this guy could even exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like Uh, what makes uh, you so smart and physically capable to have these archeology span ass adventures? You know what I'm saying? What, what makes you be that? Cause if he was just a fighter or an intellect, he would get fucked up, but he's both. How could you be both? And they kind of try to explain it to you. Yeah, they do a great job too. And it's it's now that you mentioned that talking about how masterful that is. How do you feel about Star Lords uh from um Guardians uh the movie's version? Although it's pretty similar to the comic. Yeah, I you know what? Being made into a space pirate when you're a little kid and stuff is really cool. Um it is so funny that like the aliens decided to, uh, I don't know, before you know it's ego and all that shit, the fact that aliens just chose to grab him up the day his Bob died and just all this kind of shit. It's like, it just seems kind of 
It seems kind of cool and random. And then when you find out it's like not random at all at the end of the first movie, it's like, ah, okay, well, what was the reason? And then you find out and you're like, well, that was a little underwhelming. And then you (laughs) you go through the rest of the movies, though, and get it all wrapped up for you. And then you see Guardians 3 and it's like, oh, that was nice. So I I think I'm I'm not underwhelmed by Star-Lord's origin, but I just think that the ability to play around with celestial powers they always nerf those people. They always do. I, I think yeah, the origin of the the origin of the Guardians of the Galaxy is why Guardians of the Galaxy as a movie works so well. Uh, you know, uh, the screenplay by that chick Nicole. I forgot that I heard her last name, but Nicole something. She wrote a great screenplay that James Gunn revised a little bit and got all the credit for. But uh, that first movie is just structurally so sound an origin story. You get just yeah. enough about everybody, and the, it's. It doesn't give you really the origin of anybody. It gives you the origin of the team. I understand that that's what it was meant to do, but that's really a great thing to do to show why people hang out. That's like a should be a great genre of movies right there. Just like Actually, the story of how we started hanging out <laughs> should well, be a whole subgenre. How amazing how fast Guardians creates a team of people that you believe cares about each other. Like you believe that yeah. shit at the end of that movie, mm-hmm. them going down in the ball and him saying we are Groot and all that stuff. You feel that shit. Mm-hmm. It takes five movies to fill anything from the first Avengers movies. Well, it's it's like um, what you call it. They 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 have to build up characters that are like I think they learned their lessons yeah. along the way too. Yeah, I think course. that was a big one, and they had to put out together all those things. I don't think that's quite a fair comparison, but I do get what you're saying in regards to I was very emotionally involved in the Guardians of the Galaxy right off the bat, and I would not have been if you just presented me with how the Avengers kick, started kicking it. No fucking way. But I was just like, oh, I love Tony Stark. Oh, I love Captain America with his I like to jump around powers that they had him have at that time. <laughs> he was just like, jump around guy. I'm jump along Cassidy. <laughs> Um, I'm jump along Rogers. Um, but yeah, I just think it's hard to do the origin of a team. You know, it's, it's really hard to do the origin of a team. We were talked about, um, greatest duos, uh, last episode, like the origin of how Riggs and Murha get Murtaugh get together. It can't just be, Oh, we're old army buddies. No, 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 no. I was about to retire. He was this young, crazy guy on the force. We got into this adventure over our head, and I knew a guy that was involved in it, and he knew exactly the military arm that they were involved with, and we put it together the case. We couldn't have cracked it without each other. We wouldn't have got the information without each other. Each of us had to participate, and we now hang out and want to keep fighting crime together. That That's a great, you know, you don't get, you don't have to know everything about Homeboy other than, you know, I'm a crazy war veteran. I came home and decided I was going to give everything up for my woman. And then she died on me. And now I'm just out in the street, sniffing coke, rolling around, shooting people at Christmas tree lots. And shit. You know what I mean? I have, yeah. I have snapped. I can't be what I was going to be, which is like a regular cop and probably wear a uniform, even a shit. He probably was just going to be a regular guy, but all that got taken away from him. Now he lives at the beach with a beast of the field in a trailer. <laughs> Well, uh, we mentioned it as well. Uh, this new Rocket Raccoon origin is fucking epic. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. And I think we could uh, talk about it without giving too much away. It does mirror the best parts of the um, comic book origin. You know, they have him with his buddy Walrus and and yeah. um, what's her name? Fucking Lily. Lily. Is that right? I think it's Lilu. Lila. It's Lila. We were close. We know words. Yeah. So basically, him, Lila, and uh, Walrus changed to Teefs, I guess, in the in the movie, because uh, you know Walrus is a pretty dumb name. Um, but yeah, fuck it. Oh, but, oh, I got to give credit. Um, what's the name? Bill Mantlo, uh, created Rocket and all that shit, yeah. and just the whole Counter Earth is this is this place to put these experimental little people. That is such a fucking dumbass idea in the comics. I never bought it. It sounded so fucking dumb. They did exactly that in the movie, and it was fresh. Yep. I really couldn't believe it. Like the Counter Earth, that stupid as fuck. Like fucking pandas, fucking driving cars, and shit. It's fucking dumb. But they pulled it off, man. It's great. Well, it was interesting because they made the, you know, the evolutionary not understand evolution, really, when it comes down to it. He didn't understand humans because it's incapable yeah. of emotion. And so he didn't, he thought just them being peaceful pandas would be perfectly fine. And it's like, no, you don't, you don't understand what human beings and what humanity is all about. Yeah, I so, think people, that's too much, it's too much um, nature and not enough nurture, right? Like, you can create a society, but if you create it to have, oh, man, I knew we were going to get existential. Even without Bill, we got existential. Yeah. Fucking, dude, you make a society, and you expect everybody to kick it and be equal, but you make it, you make no attempts at equity, and you wonder why crime sprouts up and drug addiction, all this kind of shit. When you make no attempt at equity, I ain't talking about fucking equality. Equality is gossamer wind in a typhoon. Uh, gossamer wings in a typhoon. That's what fucking equality is. Talk about equity, right? Yeah. Making things like equal actual opportunities, equal, you know, making that. It's hard. It's yeah. very hard to. So you don't bother with that at all. And then you wonder why people's nature isn't keeping them docile and nice. There is no nature that's going to keep you from scrapping over resources when you make things so um, scarce. When you create yep. scarcity and you make all this fake bullshit ways to, you know, you you just make criminals when you don't set your society up properly. Yep. And I just think that that's, it's what a great commentary on that. The fact that he was just like, I'll just breed it out of them. I'll just yep. gene sequence it out of them. I'll just yeah. make the other people better in the future. He was just going to make I'll, more I'll advanced. Yeah. I, I, but that's what I'm saying. He was just going to make more advanced criminals and assholes. Yep. That's all they were going to be. All those little jub-jub uh, uh, motherfuckers were going to be yeah. slitting each other's throats, fucking Lord of the Fly style, no matter what you breed into them, if you don't Especially set up your society properly. Exactly. If you set up a society, a society where they're just like, they all got the same house driving us 1982 Buick, like, of course, things are going to be terrible, dude. <laughs> I love that car. <laughs> I, I loved every single 80s thing. About all of the movies, frankly, I I am <laughs> yeah, just a sucker sucker for all that shit. But as we dismount here, I would like to talk about: um, Do you think that the 
Do you the think Joker that has the best origin story of all time? Yeah, a hundred percent. I do. Ed. I think well, that's the best origin story that's ever been written. I did see a tweet that maybe unfollow a guy. I've been following <laughs> this dude. I never do that. Right. Cause you know, I don't follow nobody anyway. So like yeah. if I unfollow you, that's like an act of war. And basically this guy, he's like a screenwriter. He, he used to give up pretty good screenplay advice and shit, but he's just gone off the deep end. Like this motherfucker said, I don't care if you don't like Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't care. It is immaterial to me. I don't like him that much. I think his best movie is Boogie Nights, which is like his second movie. So fuck, what do I know? But bro, this dude said Paul Thomas Anderson's best movie. We talk about Punch Truck Love, Magnolia, Boogie Nights, uh, Phantom Thread, fucking There Will Be Blood, all those movies. This motherfucker said the best one by far is Licorice Pizza. I was like, you know what? I'm 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 fucking out. I'm out. You're psycho. You're a psycho. You're like a real like a lunatic. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I can't listen to the ravings no, no, of I a get lunatic. It. You, you 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 unfriended. You you stop following a person because of their opinion. I get it. I get it. it oh, come on, man. He might no, as well. Right. You are come right. Come on. Come on. That's like <laughs> just that's crazy. like saying you 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 love un, un unapologetically love the first Howard the Duck in a very serious way as one of the best <laughs> films that's ever been made. Not in like a campy, ridiculous, oh, they made a crazy right. movie movie. And that it's better. It's the best stuff that Willard and Gloria Hayek ever wrote, knowing <laughs> that they did a draft of Star Wars and they wrote Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. And you think the best thing they ever did was Howard, was the, Howard Duck? the Duck? You're fucking up. You just, yeah. I can't take it. You know, yeah. what was another thing he said that was fucking crazy? Because that was what I was talking about. Hold on. I'll edit this part out. I'll try to remember. But like you said something about like, ah, fuck. What was it? He he said that shit about licorice pizza. And then he said something else crazy. God damn. It's going to haunt me. Hold on. Hold on. Fuck. Was it about movie? Oh, mm, yeah. God damn it. Oh, it's gonna fucking kill me. Oh, Vin, for one second. We're gonna end this one strong, but I, it's gonna kill me. I can't, I can't sure. fucking, I can't fucking not, not know. Fucking let me, this fucking dork. Oh my God. It's gonna haunt me. Uh, for, for the non tape portion, it's called, his name is Tony Toast. And he's a fucking dummy. <laughs> All right. I'm just going through this feed real quick. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So this guy says fucking licorice pizza is his favorite PTA and that just sets me off. And then I go, well, maybe it's just this weird taste thing. He might be just like, it's just people, things affect people different ways. He goes, Todd Phillips, the Joker is perfect and super dope. And it's the only way they could have done like a Scorsese light thing that good. And I was good. I'm just like, that's what really made me unfollow. I was like, you can't have two misses like that in a row. No, you just you're, can't you're done fucked up. That's too many. It's too many misses like that. It's fucking crazy. And again, I'm not trying to just fucking go, oh, Joker is such a dumb piece of shit. Bad, bad, bad. It is so well crafted. 
that you got to understand how frustrating that is for people. All the people that you're low key maligning in that movie, I'm not going to really bring up how everybody that fails him is a black woman or a fucking somebody that's in, you know, uh, assistance position. Like all the people that represent the government failing him are black chicks, but the government or polite society failing him are black chicks. And then the other people who failed him are the, the upper crust that won't let him have his birthright. According to his crazy mom, right? My birthright, I shouldn't be down here in the ghetto. If things were just, I'd be up there on a hill with you. So like the exact two, three, four things it's trying to say about society and how it's like, we're doggy dog. We don't have enough social services to make sure that people who are, for lack of a politically correct word, crazy, gets, get the treatment that they need so that they never have any violent outbursts or their violent outbursts will be in a clinical environment where like they can learn that that's not the way, or maybe they won't even exist if they're not neglected for years. Maybe that giant violent gun outburst that causes the plot and, you know, extenuates the plot would never happen if he had proper attention, you know, all that shit is just thrown away by how just flippant and stupid (laughs) shit is. And it's just, it's trying to do the thing about like, we we lionize people who say some pithy words and then shoot a guy on TV, or we lionize the cow written houses that people take take it into their own hands and fight against the elites, whoever the fucking elites are. Yeah, we love to lionize that as a culture, and we end up making heroes out of fucking Billy the Kid, all kind of fucking psychos throughout time, because we love the little story about how they took it back and they da 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 da. But I understand trying to make that point, but doesn't do it well and had so many people rooting for that dude and it wasn't the people rooting for that dude's lack of media savvy it's the movie presenting that person as such a victim of circumstance that they just had to get it on they're like wayne grove from heat they just had to get on he had to shoot that talk show with the host in the mouth there was no the negresses at the fucking health, mental health office wouldn't help him, so he had to go crazy. And the one in his building wouldn't fuck him, and the other one wouldn't let her play with his baby. I mean, these are three strikes for society, am I right? The movie does that with a beautiful, heart-riching score and a wonderful performance. Makes you think that that's what the story is about. Or makes a lot of people think that's what the story is about, given 100%. how people reacted and how people identified with this person who is more of an on-screen villain than Tony fucking Montana. This person from the Joker, from Joker, is more of a villain on-screen than fucking Tony Montana. Yeah. At least Tony Montana just killed drug dealers. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like this this guy is just trying to get money crazy. and power for his family. Right. And it's, it's just I don't know, man. It's just crazy to me how like we take that as a great version of an origin story for him and and so many people have said this, but I just got to get off my chest. I've, I've said it before. I said it again. There's no way that person fights any version of the Batman, not even no. a Batman Earth One version that's like a drunk and falls out of his chair and breaks his hip type Batman would still handle the fuck out of this guy. Yeah. I so how is guy. it Joker? How is that Joker? The whole point of Joker is he he lasts through grit and craziness and wild verve. He 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 survives Mortal Kombat with one of the greatest the one of the greatest fighters of all time. And he goes toe to toe with him every time because his 
wild, unrelenting fury gives him some sort of advantage that other criminals can't match. Nope. Nope. He's just a skinny fuck who just kind of dances weird. He's like a Madonna background. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's an open micer who does interpretive dance and has head injuries. And this motherfucker's got to challenge Bruce Wayne in the future. It's just, and I understand going, no, stupid. There is no Batman in this universe because there is no good response to any of the things that are happening to Gotham in this universe. There's no way there'll ever be a Batman, stupid. There will only be Jokers. That's the point I'm making. Ooh, drops drops Mike and Smoke Bomb at the same time. Suck a dick. That's not even deep. That's stupid and nihilistic. It makes me sick. You know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying is almost every interpretation of Joker is fucking dumb. And if you think it's a masterpiece, I got a bridge to sell you, man. Yeah. And I'll sell you some good land in New Mexico. <laughs> there's got to be some. God, no, don't there make is, it. Is, actually. There's some cool places in New Mexico. It's actually beautiful. What about uh, the turquoise no, mines? <laughs> yeah. There's also just no jobs. So, you know, but, you know, if you're rich. Yeah. Go live there. It'll have a nice time. It's pretty. <laughs> Sounds like uh, America, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's not true. That's that's totally true. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Joker is a look. Uh, I'm gonna say it in a little less succinct and beautiful way than you said it. Uh, it's a pile of garbage. It's a terrible origin story, and uh, we're all uh, more stupid for it. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said well, you said one last um, lackluster one. You know what was really funny to me about, like, some people don't need origin stories, and if you gave them ones, it would suck. And I was just thinking of one, uh, Dirty Harry. If you tried to explain why Dirty Harry is how he is, it'd be the worst, no matter what you did. Dirty Harry's dirty. Dirty Harry's called Dirty Harry because when he was a little kid, his parents had no money, and he was like a pig pen dirt cloud coming off of him. Nope. Okay, he grew up in a neighborhood as one of the only white kids. All the minorities picked on him. That's why he hates everybody equally. Nope. Fucking any way you tried to explain Dirty Harry origin story would be whack as fuck. And I understand that people think the character sucks, and he does. He's a right-wing bunch of pile of garbage. But I gotta say, there's no way to explain how he got there. That is cool. Mystery's good. Let's just yeah. let's pull that out. Sometimes mystery is good. I do hit want to hit a couple of ones. Like for instance, Wolverine is much better when the mystery is he was brainwashed, doesn't remember shit, and mm-hmm. has been made to be a killer, and he's escaped from this, and he still can't af- like escape his you know anger and and frustration at all the things that was done to him. That's mm-hmm. way more interesting than James Howlett. Yeah, James Howlett, little pussy ass fop, chilling out, drinking drinking cold soup on his deathbed all the time as a young kid, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, like killing his dad or whatever. Yeah, asshole. all yeah. that shit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had a dumb. shitty dad. Okay, great. Yeah, whatever. All right, right. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think not knowing, dude, man. I we've talked about this a couple times, but man. When you're a little baby kid and somebody hands you a Wolverine comic and it's like, let's say you're not, you're not old as us, but it's a Wolverine comic from the 80s. Yeah. Dude, it in that so comic, cool. A, he looks so cool. B, that guy, 
no one knew how fucking old he was. Yep, a mystery. Nobody knew how old he was. Nobody really knew if he had actually started out as a as a human species or if he was like an evolved wolf or something. Nobody knew how he got his blades. He would say that I've got adamantium and I got these blades, but nobody knew how he got them. You know, it's just like, fuck, man, it was so cool. And even when you found out how he got them, then they started being like, well, nah, that ain't the real story because it's this and then it's this and then it's this. And they just sort they kind of multiple explained it to death, you know, down to bone claws down also now to this secondary mutation where he was for a time at least able to uh, use energy from his bodies to make his claws hot. You remember hot claws? Yeah, hot claws, baby. Hot claws. claws. Dude, every for every little thing they peel off, it's so bad. It gets worse and worse. You're right. The mystery, that's a really great example, actually. That guy's mystery. Um, I just want to throw out there also um Magneto. Yep. Man, Magneto's got a great, great origin story. I mean, just the the and I've tried to explain to people the hate that hate produced. Because I think a lot of right-wingers and shitty people and so-called anti-wokers are just like, see, that's why fucking you can't give those people, whoever those people are, you can't give those people any power because all they'll do is seek revenge against you or, or for, for crimes of the past or stuff that you're not even blah, blah. So it's basically a way for them to go, no, I don't want to fuck with anybody that would ever challenge the status quo because – they're going to do to me what I'm benefiting off of. You know what I'm saying? I'm. They're going to do what my answers did that sets me up for life. And they don't understand that like there's so many people of all colors and creeds that have the opportunity for bloody revenge every single day. And they don't take it because they don't desire it at all. Yep. And that's one thing that people just don't. A lot of these fuckers, they just don't think of it that way. There are uh, people who know, want I, equity. You know, because they're the people who would do that because they put they don't have the right kind of empathy. They have the empathy. They go, well, if I was in their shoes, that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the real truth. Mm -hmm. They go, I would take revenge in these in this scenario. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're the type of people they are. And they say, right, right. But he also is one of those mm -hmm. characters that makes sense in that sort of twisted ass way. Mhm. Yeah, because he's he's just somebody in his own in his own head. Honestly, he is like John Wick, right? There are people who fucked over my people super fucking hard when they thought I was a human. Yeah. Right? When they thought I was a human, they murdered and gassed my people. And then the motherfucker is talking about now a new sort of a extermination program for the enslavement program for these motherfuckers. And I'm one of the most powerful ones of my people. It is my like Spider-Man esque duty to fuck these dudes up. Yeah. And then in that though, it's almost like how certain artists use satanic imagery because everybody who doesn't believe in like Fisher price, my first religion doesn't believe in Satan. Okay. Yeah. But because so many people do, and it's such a sacred cow or anti-sacred cow, anti-Christ superstar yeah. cow, uh, 
because it's so crazy to people that anybody would that if Satan did exist, that anybody would ever fuck with him. Those people use that image of Satan to like make Midwesterners be sad or or make them go, oh, I'm gonna boycott that. So it's almost like that. I think that's what Magneto would be doing with this Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Obviously, as a simple comic book concept, he was calling them evil because I am evil. But if you think about it. If you're going to keep calling me evil, then I might as well be the most evilest motherfucker you've ever seen in your life, bitch. I'll represent everything you think is evil because everything you think is good is a piece of shit. It's like that old Rick and Morty quote. Like, uh, oh, you're going to fucking, you're going to shit on me? I, I've seen what makes you cheer. It sucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the stuff that well, makes you cheer sucks. The stuff that you think is right is wrong. So I'll be evil because that, that'll be I'm right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's one of those points of view when you think about Magneto where you go, like, you do understand that he views humans as is as Nazis. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the group of people who are going to try to kill my people. It's like seeing a bunch of little snakes, like somebody with no powers and no like a, a, a human child is to him like maybe a baby rattlesnake. A baby rattlesnake will hurt you and kill you more than a, a big one. Because they have the same venom and they don't know how to dispense it. And you think they're, oh, they're an innocent creature, but they're really fuck, fucked up and dangerous. That's what he thinks the average human kid is because they're just going to grow up to learn how to use their power and their privilege to harm me and hurt me and support shit that'll make me look like a bad guy. Yep. That's how he thinks, you know. So I, I try to explain to people the power of the hate that hate produced. When you hate motherfuckers so much and they internalize that hatred and and turn it into hatred of you. Frankly, black people who live amongst a bunch of white people and really hate white people because of the stuff that's under them. They really do. They're that fantasy mm -hmm. that people have about the, the racist black guy. They become that because they fuck yeah. these crackers. They're assholes. They fucked me over my whole life. Fuck them. I, I think they're bad. They smell like wet dogs and all this mean racial stereotype shit. They start doing to, to, to like low key defend themselves, but it mm -hmm. becomes this offensive shittiness, you know, to just get off the fact that they feel so oppressed. The hate that hate produced is a motherfucker, and it's very powerful. And that's what makes uh, Magneto's origin story so good, is that's that's exactly what he's doing. Um, is there anyone else that's uh, popping out to you, like Luke Skywalker? You know, well, your favorite character, I believe. Um, <laughs> Darth Vader. How about Darth Vader? You love Darth Vader. I mean, honestly, Darth Vader's origin is pretty fly. I just you it know, actually wish, is. Yeah, wish they kind of. You know, yada, 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 the stuff in the Clone Wars, making the uh, prequels better, that whole jazz. I just think when you look at it just in stark terms, yeah, my buddy who trained me, I decided to tip over the apple cart and do a bunch of revolutionary shit. And my buddy who trained me chopped my legs off and left me to die on a big pile of ash. And then this crazy dude that's kind of got some kooky ideas came and he saved me. And he gave me a fresh-ass robot body. And now I'm just going to serve him as long as I can until I can have me, my kid, and then I'm going to flip it on him. That's what the new retcon is, you know, that he knew yep. about Luke and them, and he was just keeping Luke safe, but, like, not telling anybody about him until he could find him later and flip him and turn him into a guy to beat Palpatine. Just, oh, fuck. Blech. But, yeah, overall... Darth Vader, yes, a person who tried to do good and tried to be the person who brought balance to the Force. I ended up doing it, but not in the way that he thought he was. I think it is an interesting flip 
on yeah. the on the on the chosen one narrative. And I think people don't give it as much credit as it should get because of the Jar Jar Banks and all the goddamn droids and shit. I'll tell you, when they went to droid shit for full kitty bullshit, that really was the I mean, you notice in the newer movies, it's really guys. It's back to stormtroopers and shit, because even though they aren't really people, them getting hurt. And them being something. soldiers, it means something because the Empire is a fucking fascist organization. And that's what's so scary about fascists. They can always find some motherfuckers to be with them. Yeah. They can always find somebody so downtrodden or so unprotected by society that they'll join can, in, in that and yeah, kill people and hurt people. them and, and make them mm-hmm. into what yep. they want to make them. So yeah, it's all that shit. All that. Yeah. But like a droid, there's... It, there's no catharsis killing a droid, and there shouldn't be catharsis killing another person. But this machine punches fascists. It doesn't chop robots in half. You know what I'm saying? This yep. this machine kills That's fascists. Hundred percent. That, that that should be the fucking the tenor of it, you know. And it should be a pitched battle. But when it's like, oh, gleep glop, beep bop boop, mm, what's going on? No, they did a ninja flip over me. I'm being force pushed. That just started being so not cool. And it took the war out of it. It yeah. wasn't a war. It was like a video game against robots. You know what I mean? I so, agree. yeah. Anakin was dope, though. I, I love Anakin. I will always love Anakin, which is why I fought so hard for his fucking ass in the rebooted episode. I've yeah. always loved Anakin, and that's why I had to fight so hard for him to actually finally get his due. You know what I mean? Yep. 100%. Uh, but in the end, uh, I do have the last one. And it's just funny, like we give artists um, origin stories, whether they're, and I'm not talking about comic book artists, I'm just talking about like, the one that comes to mind is everybody knows Quentin Tarantino's origin story. People don't really know, a lot of film people do, but people don't know that um, Martin Scorsese was like an asthmatic kid, and he just was like, just looking at all the kids playing stickball and eating hoagie sandwiches outside, and he was just sort of asthmatic in his house. And he watched a billion movies on TV and watched a billion movies in the movie theater. And that's where his love of it came from because he couldn't go out and venture himself. He couldn't run and play and all that kind of shit. But the movies took him away. <clears throat> no, hardly anybody that isn't some film fucker knows that. But the average geek off the street knows that Quentin Tarantino worked in a fucking video store. And then they they phrase it as instead of going to uh, film school. First of all, I've seen Quentin Tarantino's head writing handwriting he wrote this chick a note it said i love your legs legs had two g's in it okay (laughs) this motherfucker did not go to a fucking (laughs) video store instead of a film school i do not think it was in the cards for that dude okay but he made his own way and everybody knows that origin story because it's almost like them selling us them being they meaning whoever you think selling us on this story of like yeah, man, you could just be a relentless consumer forever and then make stuff. And frankly, I bought it. And that's why we do this podcast. Almost honestly, certain shit like uh, I haven't listened to his podcast with Roger Avery, but I can only imagine how if you're a dude of a certain generation and you're on Coke, how interesting <laughs> it would be to hear Tarantino and his best buddy who are both uh also professional filmmakers yeah who are both on cocaine and also professional filmmakers <laughs> talk about movies from their perspective i bet you that podcast yeah. is pretty awesome but it's just like it, it's this thing i what i wanted to do with this project was to be able to like talk out a bunch of fresh ideas with smart people look at a bunch of tropes and shit 
from all the genres. That's the whole point of it being about the greatest, right? We're looking at yeah. the greatest examples of these so I could fucking collect them all and do my, you know, uh, chat GPT super brain. I won't even denigrate my brain by calling it chat GPT using my experiences and my soul to look at all the tropes and look at all the greatest examples of everything and be able to like come up with dope stories and come up with things that other people didn't come up with. Cause I know all the, all the shit and we've categorized them. That's kind of the point of the whole shit. So like, I think it's interesting how like Tarantino's thing was doing that with movies, being able to like, know this guy did a dolly shot for 22 seconds. And what I'll do is a dolly shot for 23 seconds and then, then give it to a guy on a crane and then go down and then I'll play this song. He played that song, but I'll play this other song. Cause this is better. Knowing the shit, you know what's been done before, so you can bite it, reinterpolate it, uh, uh, reject it, improve upon it. But you got to know it first, and I think that's like a it's a this whole origin story. It's like like origin story conversation. There's some metaphor for like if you know where something comes from, you can appreciate what it becomes. You know, from Rocket Raccoon to like John Wick to the fucking whatever. These characters, like a lot of times, if you create a character right, you yearn to know more about them and you want to know the process by which they became fresh. Because people couldn't, with Quentin, people were just like, oh, he's so amazing in the 90s. There's like no competition for him. He's like an eight foot five guy who could shoot threes. Oh my God, he's amazing. And really, he just, they didn't have a way to articulate how somebody that didn't come through regular film fuckery was this had a voice this arresting it was this good so i had to boil it down to he watched a bunch of movies i guess he was on a movie he was in a movie we always try to find what made somebody something so it's like when we look at these origin stories when we go back to like indiana jones they showed us in seven minutes why indiana jones is an indiana jones that isn't realistic but it serves you something you think you need at that point you know what i'm saying yeah. you think you need to know where does this guy come from we'll, we'll take this this is the last movie we're ever going to do Wink, wink wink and we're trying to show you we're trying to wrap up the story they were trying to rack a, rack a raccoon this motherfucker that's yep. what i'm saying you understand what i'm saying they were trying to do the rack a raccoon technology of just like boom give them give them all the stuff at the end and you'll realize why he was that way or rather rack a raccoon is employing indiana jones technology yeah i love that i think that's one of the cool things about talking about origin stories is the origin informs why the character is how they are but then once they are how they are, most stories start like you love with this arc. You know why they are how they are, but the story is how are they going to change from how they are? Mm-hmm. And those two mm-hmm. things work in such concert to make stories good. I mean, and, and, and it's necessary. Like the origin, it, without a good origin, them moving in the direction that you want them to move cannot happen. It just can't. If mm-hmm. if you if 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 Rocket doesn't go through what he will, goes through, he can't become a Guardian of the Galaxy. He can't mm-hmm. be a misfit that needs to have a found family. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that it's, and, it's just he can't. And if he doesn't meet those dudes and become a found family, when the guy comes to get him and take him back to his master or whatever, the story's over. Yep. If he had not made those relationships. And if there weren't people who have had cosmic battles and been on the forefront of every cosmic battle for the past 10 years, you know, in the whole universe, 
if he hadn't met those dudes and made good with those dudes and they hadn't gone through those adventures, there'd be no one to help him and save him now. So it's like, you know, you found out why he was that way and there are other previous adventures. And now you find out why they give a fuck so much about him now. Well, you don't find out, but you see that they give a fuck about him so much that this adventure that's just basically somebody coming to just scoop him up becomes so much more complicated because he's not just a piece of trash. He made friends. You know what I'm saying? He went out yeah. there and made the type of friends that could even beat you. You know, and that's as a supervillain, your supervillain who runs whole planets, who makes whole races. This one creature can beat you with a little help from his friends. It's beautiful. And that all started from a good origin. And you guys, I'm getting a little teared up. It's beautiful. Up. <laughs> what a good, what a good episode this was. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Ed. This was a great idea. I'm glad we did it. Um, we have lots of great episodes uh, that are different on our Patreon, patreon.com slash the greatest pod. Go on there. We have literally years of interesting content for you to check out. And you can see, practically, you can see our origins starting up with mm-hmm. sometimes recording in the car about some whatever goofy bullshit to moving up and doing different types of stuff and really talking about deep stuff and personal issues. So if you're interested in supporting us monetarily, that's what you do. Patreon.com slash the greatest pot. Um, also, you could leave us a review, right, Ed? Yeah, you could leave a review on anything where there's a set number of stars, five stars. You know, leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us five stars on Spotify. Leave us five katana swords on Ninja Pod. Leave us, you know, whatever, whatever <laughs> the whatever fuck is the is. most on Give the thing. Us. And it would just be really great if, like, sometimes when we say something super fucking outrageous or something crazy, just show it to somebody. You never know what can happen. You know, uh, yeah. people, you know, spread the web because I think a lot of people think like us and we just need to find them. I think we all need to band together and have these thoughts and have these conversations because, you know, nerd culture has gotten so kind of toxic and sort of lacking nuance. And I think even when we're being assholes, like, hey, the Green Lantern ring sucks. Luke Skywalker's boring. Even those, we have so much more to say beyond it that makes you kind of agree with us or at least see where we're coming from. We're not dismissive. I think you can tell that from this whole thing. We're we're not just, we'll talk a thing to death to get all all the way around it. We'll do a treatise on Transformers or the Thundercats or something and make it seem (laughs) like a real fucking story. We try to take these things seriously. Because that's where the magic is. So we thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much for leaving us reviews and telling people. And thank you for listening to an original, traditional episode of The Greatest Pod.